your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 522 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we've got, we're going to do something a little bit different. So I feel like right now, we're all kind of caught up on the Rangers. We know that uh, they're having this excellent season. You know, we've gone through uh, all the lists of accomplishments. We've kept close tabs on, uh, you know, the progression of every single player on the team. We've talked about Chris Kreider just having an unreal breakout season. Igor Shesterkin, uh, Vesna-worthy season. We've talked about, you know, the third defense pairing and how the Rangers should handle that and which of these young defensemen should be in the lineup. I feel like we're pretty caught up right now. So, and don't get me wrong, there's always stuff to talk about as it pertains to the current group of New York Rangers. As we all know, there is never a dull moment when you're, you know, a fan of this team or when you're covering this team. But today I wanted to kind of uh, hearken back to something that we did during the offseason and complete part three of a three-part series. And I had no idea it was going to stretch out this long. In fact, part one was episode 423 and part two was episode 429. And now we're doing part three in uh, episode, what did I just say here, 522. So a span of nearly 100 episodes. Um, But we're going to complete this. And what it is, is during the offseason, I decided to put together the ultimate team of players who were only on the New York Rangers for one or two seasons, from 1994 to current day. And we can go back and do episodes like this in the future. I've got a couple others in mind, you know, kind of these ultimate rosters. And maybe in the future, I'll look to uh, include some of the old school players, you know, guys that were here before 94. Uh, For me, though, doing this list and talking about players that were only on the Rangers for one or two seasons, I really couldn't make it any earlier than 1994 because that's when I got into the Rangers. And it's hard for me to... uh, Really, uh, you know, rank players that, you know, played on the team for, for one year and, you know, 1970 or whatever it might be. I never actually saw them play. So that was always going to be challenging. And I figured I would just kind of keep it focused on, you know, once again, 1994 to current day. And we're going to, once again, complete part three of this three-part episode. But if you want to uh, listen to the first two episodes... Uh, You can find them, once again, episode 423 was part one, episode 429 was part two. If you type in Locked On New York Rangers and the ultimate team of one and two-year Ranger players, uh, it should come up. You should be able to find it. Um, But just to kind of uh, recap the roster that we've already put together here, because like I said, it's been a while. It's been several months here. Uh, But in the first episode, we covered the goalies and the defensemen. Once again, these are players that were on the Rangers for only one or two seasons max, and from 1994 to current day. And the other rule about this is that if a player was on the Rangers more than once, you know, had more than one stint with the team, then they were eligible provided that at least one of those stints was two or fewer seasons. So you got to keep that in mind as we're doing this, uh, you know, right now and how we've done it in the past as well. But yeah, as for the first episode, the goalies, the two goalies that we came up with as this uh, 20-man New York Ranger team of only one and two-year players from 1994 to current day. The two goalies were Cam Talbot and Antti Ranta. Uh, the defenseman pairings were Keith Yandel and Doug Lidster. 
and then you had Sandys Ozilinch and Neil Pionk, and then you had Kim Janssen and Nick Holden. And one other rule about this, for the most part, we are talking about the version of the player that the Rangers had. We will give consideration, especially in the case of somebody like Sandys Ozilinch and also uh, Kim Janssen, to what they did at other stops in their career. But for the most part, we're acquiring players here that based on what they did with the New York Rangers. So, yeah. Then we had episode 429. We did the top six forwards on that show, and today we're going to do the bottom six. But the top six forwards, you had a top line of Michael Nylander, centering Marty Ruchinski and Pat Verbeek, and then you had a second line of Pat LaFontaine, centering Luke Robitaille and Steve Larmer. And that leads us to today. We're going to jump right into the third line here, and we'll start at center. And the third line center for this ultimate New York Ranger team of just one- and two-year players from 1994 to current day is going to be Scott Gomez. Now, the Rangers, they had a decent team in the mid-2000s, but they decided that they needed a little bit more, and they had an offseason where they basically just kind of went all in. They went out in free agency, and they signed both Scott Gomez and Chris Jury. Now, Jury's not quite eligible for this team, or else he definitely would have gotten at least some consideration. But as it turned out, you know, despite these uh, big moves, these big offseason acquisitions by the Rangers, once again, signing Scott Gomez and Chris Jury, Gomez only ended up playing two years with the New York Rangers and was dealt to the Montreal Canadiens after year two. That trade, uh, you know, just for anybody who's curious about it, it involved seven players. There were seven players moving in one direction or the other. You had Scott Gomez, Tom Payette, and Michael Busto to the... Canadians and coming back to the Rangers was Ryan McDonough, Chris Higgins, Doug Yannick, and Pavel Valentenko. So the Rangers ended up getting uh, Ryan McDonough out of the deal, and that obviously uh, turned out very nice for the Rangers. But yeah, as for Gomez, I mean, he played 158 regular season games for the New York Rangers, scored 32 goals, had 96 assists, so 128 points in just 158 games. And that's really not too shabby. For someone who I don't think there are a ton of Ranger fans that look back on all that fondly, and maybe part of the reason for that is, well, you know, this is the devil's guy. He's not really one of us. And, you know, to be fair, he didn't really play as well for the Rangers as he did for the Devils, uh, especially in the second year of his two years in New York. But be that as it may, uh, the points were there, and we're trying to find some good players who were only here for a season or two, and I think we've done that with Scott Gomez. Uh, he brought a lot to the table. You know, he, was, he might be the fastest player on this roster that we're putting together here, uh, somebody that could obviously contribute on the power play. He's somebody who, throughout his career, really got it done in the postseason, and that includes his time with the Rangers. Uh, they made the playoffs both years that he was here, and he had 16 points in 17 career Stanley Cup playoff games as a member of the Rangers. He was also a Stanley Cup champion. And once again, we're looking mostly at what these players did while they were members of the New York Rangers, but it needs to be said, you know, this guy had a pretty nice career for himself, 756 points in 1,079 career regular season games and then another 101 points in 149 games. And as I just mentioned, he was a Stanley Cup winner when he came up to the Rangers, came over to the Rangers, rather, uh, actually a two-time Stanley Cup champion. And it never hurts to have guys on your roster that are playoff battle-tested, and uh, this version of Scott Gomez, yeah, you know, two-time uh, Cup champion over with the Devils. And we're going to continue rounding out this first line in just a second here. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. 
Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank everyone for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And to just kind of keep things rolling here, obviously we got the aforementioned Scott Gomez as the center of this third line of one- and two-year New York Ranger players from 1994 to current day. And on the left wing, you know, we talked about how Gomez is playoff battle-tested and won a couple Stanley Cups. If you want that, this man delivers it in spades, and that would be Essa Tikkanen, uh, obviously somebody who was part of some amazing teams with the Edmonton Oilers. He won four Stanley Cups in Edmonton, and then also won his fifth and what turned out to be final Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers in 1994. And somebody who, you know, on top of just being a really good all-around player, was an agitator and just a complete pain in the butt to play against. It's always nice to have one or two guys like that on your team. And it's interesting with Tikkanen because he actually had three separate stints with the New York Rangers, but none of them lasted more than a season and a half. And the one that was a season and a half was the one where he came over from Edmonton and played on the team, on the New York Ranger team for the second half of 1992-1993, and then, of course, was part of the Stanley Cup run in 1993-1994. And so that was his first stint with the Rangers. His second stint with the Rangers was half a season in 1996-1997. He came over as, you know, a rental player and didn't really do a lot in the regular season, but then he really caught fire in the playoffs that year and was part of the uh, veteran Rangers going to the Eastern Conference Finals and unfortunately falling short against the Philadelphia Flyers. But I remember, you know, for those of you that like the idea of the Rangers super stacking their top line and maybe putting Panarin and Sabanajad together, this is a point in your favor because I can remember the Rangers that year in 97 in the playoffs, they put Gretzky, Messier, and Tikkanen all on the same line. And needless to say, uh, that line was just absolutely phenomenal and just kind of spearheaded their run through the playoffs. So uh, if you like that idea, that that's definitely a, a point that you can make in your favor if you, if you want to argue that the Rangers, you know, should maybe stack their current line, their current top line of Mika, Panarin, and Kreider. I'm still kind of a holdout as it comes to that concept, but the case can definitely be made. Um, but yeah, getting back to Tekken in here. Uh, we got to pick just one version of Essa Tekken and we're, of course, going to go with the version uh, of Essa Tikkanen that he was when he first came to the Rangers in 1992-1993, and then, of course, stayed with the team in 1993-1994 and won the Stanley Cup. He had a really nice season for himself, skated in 83 regular season games in the Cup-winning year, scored 22 goals, had 32 assists, so 54 points, and then also in the Stanley Cup playoffs that season, skated in another 23 playoff games, scored four goals, had four assists, just one of those steady, consistent, battle tested veterans that the Rangers had on that 1994 championship team, and he can play a same role on this fictional one- and two-year New York Rangers team. 
And something else that I found out about Tikkanen, you know, kind of looking up, uh, you know, the all-time New York Ranger roster and how long was this guy on the team and how long was that guy on the team. I was looking at Essa Tikkanen. He was nicknamed the Great One. Now, not to be confused with Wayne Gretzky as the Great One, but this was obviously a play on his former teammate's nickname. Uh, Essa Tikkanen's nickname was spelled differently. It was the Great One, but Great was spelled G-R-A-T-E. And that was due to his ability to basically just grate on his opponents, get under their skin, drive them crazy, and, uh, you know, just kind of play the mental games a little bit. So, uh, cool nickname and uh, something that I did not know about as a Tikkanen, but knowing how he played hockey, I think that uh, nickname is very, very fitting. And again, we're not looking so much at career numbers, but just to take that into consideration a little bit, at least throw it out there, uh, 877 regular season games, Tikkanen had... 244 goals, but in 186 playoff games, he scored 72 goals. So he really kind of stepped it up in the playoffs, and I love that. I love having guys that are clutch, guys that are playoff battle-tested. I think it was great that the Rangers went out and got a couple guys that have won the Stanley Cup uh, this past offseason. Obviously, Sammy Blay is now out for the season, but he's a cup winner. Barclay Goodrow has won a pair of cups with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning over the last couple of seasons. I just always think it's good to have, uh, you know, at least a couple battle-tested and preferably former Stanley Cup champion players on your roster. So we've done two-thirds of the third line here, and we're going to move over to the right wing, and that's going to be Alex Kovalov, another Stanley Cup champion with the 1994 New York Rangers. Uh, I must also add that this is another case of somebody having multiple stints with the Rangers. His first stint with the Rangers lasted from 1992-1993 until 1998-1999, but he came back to the Rangers uh, from 2002-2003 to 2003-2004, and he was still a solid player when he returned. Uh, he ended up being traded by the Rangers in his second stint in the middle of the 2003-2004 season because the Rangers were going absolutely nowhere that year. He was traded to the Montreal Canadiens, um, but again, still a solidly productive player in his second go-around with the New York Rangers. You know, in his first stint with the Rangers. Maturity was something of an issue for Kovalov. He was not exactly a favorite of coach Mike Keenan. And, you know, again, we're focusing mainly on what all these players did during the designated one or two year stint with the Rangers. Uh, Kovalov was not the same player in his return to the Rangers, but again, uh, just had so much natural ability and somebody who you still felt was was very dangerous out there, uh, you know, despite maybe not being at the same level that he was during his first go around with the New York Rangers. And I just think this line really works. I mean, you've got a facilitator in Scott Gomez. You've got a clutch battle-tested performer in Essa Tikkanen who's going to drive his opponents crazy. And you've got a sniper in Alex Kovalov. Just had a wicked shot. So, And on top of that, they're all former Stanley Cup champions. So I'm loving this third line that we've put together. Uh, once again, just one and two-year uh, New York Ranger players. As far as his entire career, you know, Kovalov Closed the books with 1,029 points in 1,316 regular season games and another 100 points in 123 playoff games. So another playoff battle-tested player. And we've got an entire third line of clutch players who are former Stanley Cup champions. Not too shabby. We're going to turn our attention to the fourth line in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to let everyone know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline. We'd like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 
welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's go ahead and round out this roster with our fourth line players. And at center, we're going to go with Sean Avery. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. Uh, what can you say about Sean Avery? The guy was just completely over the top. Uh, there were definitely instances throughout his career where he crossed the line, whether that was as a member of the Rangers or elsewhere. Uh, just a quintessential example of someone who you love when he's on your team and you absolutely despise him when he's on the other team. Uh, but, you know, he brought a lot of good things to the table for the Rangers. I mean, in spite of all the antics and all the over-the-top shenanigans, he, there was a playoff series against the Devils where he just drove Marty Brodeur absolutely crazy. And I think a lot of people uh, know the play that I'm talking about. Basically, the Rangers are on the power play. It was a five-on-three, in fact. And Avery's in front of the uh, the Devils net. He's got his stick in the air, and he's waving his stick in the face of Marty Brodeur. He's, he's trying to block Brodeur's vision with his glove. You know, he's holding his hand over his eyes. And nobody had ever seen anything like this. It technically should have been a penalty, but I don't think the refs even, like, knew what to do or probably even <laughs> knew that rule off the top of their head because nobody had ever done anything this blatant to, you know, basically just block the view of the goalie. I mean, obviously, they're, they're screening, but this just took it to a whole nother level. Avery had his back to the play, was not even watching where the puck was, and was trying to, you know, do everything he could to just block Brodeur's vision with his stick and also with his glove. And then later in the power play, he actually, ends up scoring from the doorstep. It was absolutely wild. Uh, but look, as far as this team that we're putting together here, you need a couple of agitators. Sean Avery would obviously deliver some hits. Uh, you could put him on the power play. You could put him... I don't remember offhand if he played the penalty kill. Uh, I would imagine at some point in his career he did. Uh, but I don't think he would be too out of place out there because, you know, for all the, the antics and everything, it's not like this guy was lacking in skill. I mean, on any given team, this guy could play up and down the lineup. You know, there were times on the Rangers that he would actually uh, be on the top line. And I should also explain real quick uh, my, my clarification of picking Sean Avery here. Uh, he ended up another player that had two separate stints with the New York Rangers. Now, the first one lasted for just a season and a half. He came over from the Los Angeles Kings via a trade in 2006-2007. Also stuck around for the following season. But in his first go-around with the Rangers, 86 regular season games for Sean Avery. 23 goals and 30 assists in that time. He also skated in 18 playoff games in his first two seasons with the Rangers and had 12 points in those 18 games. And there were times where, you know, maybe Sean Avery was a little bit more trouble than what he was worth. But at other times, you know, this guy was a driving force and a major reason why the Rangers would win games. So I'm good giving uh, Sean Avery a spot on the fourth line. And uh, just kind of taking my chances. Hopefully he can be an agitator, but uh, keep it within reason and not do anything to put the Rangers in a bad situation. But yeah, Avery makes his team uh, for his first stint with the Rangers, not to be confused with his second stint with the Rangers, which lasted four seasons and uh, also was the tail end of his NHL career. And to just kind of keep things moving here, we're going to move over to the left wing. And our left winger is going to be Brendan Shanahan. So we have a Hall of Famer, on our fourth line left wing here. If I remember correctly, and this is kind of interesting too, and it's part of the reason why I ended up putting these two guys together. 
Shanahan, when he was a member of the, of the Rangers, and again, it only lasted two seasons, but I'm pretty sure he endorsed this trade for Sean Avery. They had been teammates a couple seasons prior in Los Angeles. So you know what? Uh, you know, Avery can be a little bit over the top. He can be a little bit nuts. We'll put Shanahan and Avery on the same line together. They know each other from their time in LA and Shanahan kind of keep an eye on him. Uh, he's Shanahan's problem now, basically. But, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm somewhat slighting Brennan Shanahan, you know, a player of his caliber by putting him on the fourth line. When you consider that he had 1,354 points in 1,524 career regular season games, along with another 134 points in 184 playoff games and three Stanley Cups. But remember, we are looking mostly at who these players were and what they did when they were members of the New York Rangers. And Shanahan, still a very good player when he came over to the Rangers, but was starting to slow down a little bit. Wasn't quite playing at that same torrid uh, you know, rate that he was in other stops in his career. Shanahan came over to the Rangers and played the third-to-last and second-to-last seasons of his career with the Rangers in 2006-07 and 07-08. Then ended up playing one final season with the uh, Devils, but again, still a very good player when he came over to the Rangers, especially in the first year. He had 62 points in 67 games during that season. He also had 46 points in 73 games in his second season with the New York Rangers. And in the two years combined, 20 playoff games, 12 points in those contests. And, you know, he could play a fourth-line style if needed. I mean, I don't really see him as a prototypical fourth-liner, but I don't think he really shied away from that kind of stuff either. And on top of that, when you look at our left-wingers, I mean, you got Marty Ruchinski on, on this team here that I've put together for the Rangers. Marty Ruchinski's on the top line. He had a, a phenomenal season uh, with the New York Rangers, more than a point-per-game player in 2005-2006. You've got Luke Robitaille. You've got the aforementioned Essa Tikkanen. Uh, it's hard. One of these guys was going to have to play on the fourth line, and we're going to put Brandon Shanahan there. I'll never forget him challenging Donald Brashear to a fight. I was actually emailing with one of you, and uh, one of you mentioned that you were actually uh, at that game where Shanahan fought Brashear. But, uh, you know, he, he showed some guts there, fought the most feared enforcer in the NHL, and got a draw out of it. And if you get a draw with Donald Brashear, I feel like that's kind of a win. But bottom line, Brandon Shanahan, good teammate a grizzled veteran, a multiple-time Stanley Cup champion when he came over to the New, to the New York Rangers. And uh, yeah, give me a veteran Shanny on this team all day. Moving over to the right-wing fourth-line spot, we are going to go with Glenn Anderson to round out this roster. You know, I was torn. I knew I was going to include uh, both Steve Larmer and Glenn Anderson, but I was kind of torn about where to put each of them. They obviously both play right wing. Uh, one of them was going to go on the right wing second line spot, and the other was going to be on the fourth line right wing spot. Uh, Alex Kovalov, I don't see him as a fourth liner, so I had him pretty locked into the third line right wing spot, and that meant that between Anderson and Larmer, one of them was going to be on the second line, one of them was going to be on the fourth line. I ended up going with Larmer on the second line. We'll put Anderson on line four. Uh, but Anderson, again, another uh, playoff battle-tested decorated player and a Hall of Famer, a six-time Stanley Cup champion. Uh, he had won five Stanley Cups with the Oilers by the time that he came over to the Rangers, and he only spent a half season in New York. He came over as a rental in 1994, skated in just 12 career regular season games for the New York Rangers, had four goals and six assists in that time, but he also appeared in 23 games in the playoffs that year, was a big part of the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup, three goals and three assists. Uh, he definitely had bigger offensive seasons than this in his career, and by the time he came over to the Rangers, he was clearly on the back nine of his career. He's getting a little bit older, 
but he still was brought in to be a big physical forward, provide some veteran leadership, and I think he did all of that. And, you know, if the Rangers, if they go down in the first or second round of the playoffs that season and it backfires, uh, that's obviously not going to be good. The Rangers really went all in that season to do everything they could to bring a Stanley Cup to New York. Um, and he could have just been a footnote in Ranger history, but the fact that the Rangers went on that Stanley Cup run had so many memorable moments, uh, particularly against the Devils, and then also the Canucks in the finals. You know, Ranger fans don't forget those players, and Glenn Anderson, Glenn Anderson excuse me, was here for only half of a season, and I don't think Ranger fans have forgotten about him because, once again, he was part of the team that broke the curse and lifted the Stanley Cup. Uh, if you want to look at Glenn Anderson's entire career, which, again, is weighted much lighter uh, for the purposes of this exercise than what he did as a Ranger. Uh, but again, if you want to look at his whole career, you got the six cups. You've also got 1,099 career points in 1,129 regular season games, and then another 214 points in 225 playoff games. So nearly a point per game player in the playoffs and nearly three seasons worth of hockey in the postseason. Just crazy stuff. And once again, you know, a big contributor, somebody who really came over and helped the Rangers uh, once again break the curse. It's the only championship Ranger team since 1940. So uh, for all those reasons, Glenn Anderson has to be on this roster and uh, we'll find a spot for him there on the fourth line. And that concludes uh, pretty much this entire exercise. Once again, the ultimate New York Ranger team of one and two year players since 1994. But I like this roster we've put together here. You got some speed. You've got some toughness. You've got grittiness. You've got a couple of agitators. You've got multiple time Stanley Cup champions. We got some good goalies. Uh, we got some guys who will fight if they have to fight. We've got guys that can contribute on special teams. We got it all. I mean, I think, you know, if there's a bit of a weakness on this team, I think it's probably the defensemen. But be that as it may, I really like this roster. I think this team could go out and win some games together if, if it was ever to. Uh, you know, happen in some fantasy universe, which obviously cannot happen because a lot of these guys are long since retired and obviously they, a lot of them never played at the same time. But if you just look at this roster, I think it's a pretty solid bunch here and uh, ended up being a little bit better than I thought it would be considering the fact that we only had one and two year New York Rangers to choose from. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun putting this list together. Hopefully you guys like it. Always fun to kind of mix it up on here, do something different every now and then. Uh, a couple other things that I want to just mention real quick here, though, before we call it a day. Uh, first of all, big congratulations once again to Keith Yandel becoming the NHL's Ironman and passing Doug Jarvis. He accomplished that feat on Tuesday night. A couple other news from the current Rangers getting away from this ultimate team here that we put together. Uh, Gerard Gallant says that Philip Hedo remains day-to-day, -day, so we'll see if he's out there on Thursday against the Blue Jackets. And Patrick Nemeth is now going to be out of the lineup for personal reasons. He will not make the trip to Columbus. So this is getting a little bit weird. I mean, you had that initial multiple game in uh, absence, excuse me, for Patrick Nemeth when, you know, at first it was a non-COVID-related illness, and then it was for personal reasons, and then he was back out there. And then, of course, he missed this most recent game as well. And, you know, Galat mentioned that one of his defensemen was banged up. It turned out to be Nemeth. I don't know. I mean, first of all, let's just hope that everything's okay with Patrick Nemeth. I mean, if he's missing for personal reasons, we hope everything is good with him and, and good with his family and all that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, just, just a little bit strange here, you know, because the last game, he missed because he was supposedly banged up, and now he's missing the next one for personal reasons. So we'll obviously keep our eye on that. The other bit of news is Jared Tenori is back with the team after clearing waivers. He is currently on the taxi squad. 
And as far as some line combinations from practice, this is what the Rangers were rolling with a little bit earlier today, and it's Wednesday as I'm recording this. But they had Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Julian Gauthier. Capo Kako remains out, so Gauthier uh, at least getting a chance on the top line. And really, I mean, the way that the Rangers are depleted at right wing, and they were already kind of thin there to begin with, why not? I mean, sink or swim time for Julian Gauthier. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he can keep up with Kreider and Zibanejad. I thought he looked pretty good playing with them the other night, but if there's ever a time to give Julian Gauthier an opportunity, I think this is it. Uh, you've got the second line, Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Barclay Goodrow. They look good the other night as well, so uh, that makes sense to me. The third line, you've got Morgan Barron centering Alexi Lafreniere and Dryden Hunt. That's an interesting uh, trio right there. It's cool to see Morgan Barron maybe getting a chance to play uh, top nine minutes. And then the fourth line, uh, pretty much what we've been rolling with. These three guys have been together for a lot of the season. Kevin Rooney, centering Greg McKaig, and Ryan Reeves. So we'll continue to keep our eyes on that, and we'll see what we get into tomorrow as well, heading into the Rangers Thursday night clash with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And just something that I wanted to add at the very end of this episode, you know, while editing, I happened to uh, look up the situation with... You know, the two NYPD officers who were shot when responding to a call, uh, Jason Rivera passed away uh, the night that it happened due to multiple gunshot wounds, and unfortunately his partner, Wilbert, Wilbert Mora, excuse me, uh, he had been in the hospital for the last couple of days. He had been shot, and um, he has now unfortunately passed away as well uh, due to that incident, which is obviously tremendously sad. And all the best to their family and friends and uh, anybody that might know them. Um, I would imagine the Rangers, you know, they did a uh, moment of silence and put the picture of Jason Rivera on the Madison Square Garden screen uh, prior to the start of a recent home game. I would imagine they'll probably do the same thing for Wilbert Mora as well when the Rangers are back home for their next game. But again, just tremendously sad and our thoughts go out to anybody that's been affected by this tragedy. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.